Welcome to the Millionaire Cookbook. I'm your host, Mohammed Sabri, and I'm looking to provide you with a million dollars worth of value in a single podcast. All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Millionaire Cookbook. This is episode 18, and today we're doing another Q&A session. It's been a while since I've done one of these. I really enjoyed doing them. It's a pleasure answering people's questions. I know people that submit questions, they like these as well. And people that don't submit questions, they're still interested in what I have to say on the topics given to me. And overall, it's a fun time. I don't do them too often, but when I do, it's it's great. So today we have five questions, five really good questions And I think it'll relate to everybody, no matter what field you're in. You know, some of these questions, they can fit literally anybody, no matter what you're doing, what your interests are, etc. So with that being said, let's dive right into the questions. So question number one, this person just said topic of validation. So they want me to talk about validation, why it's bad, um, why you should avoid it the dangers behind it, etc. Now, I can actually make an entire podcast episode on this. And I probably will in the future. But I am just gonna touch or briefly touch up on it today, because that's what this person wanted me to do. So when it comes to validation, it all starts with why? Why are you doing the said thing that you're doing? Why are you playing that sport? Why did you order that food? Why did you go to this place? Why did you go to that place? Why did you post this? Why did you say that? Basically, what I'm trying to say, everything you do, does it come from a genuine internal desire? Through internal happiness? Does it come from you being content with it because you know it's going to bring you forward? Was it something that didn't have any negative outside influence? And I'm saying negative because there can actually be positive outside influence, such as if you're on the fence about something and someone gives you some advice or a path to follow or something along those lines, or, you know, someone suggests something and then you grow an internal desire, a genuine internal desire through that and not just some like fake thing. It's like, oh yeah, I do want to do it, but really you're doing it for the person's validation that suggested it. So you got to think, why are you doing it? You know, because a lot of people, they'll do stuff because they seek approval from others. They seek validation from others. For what reason? You know, this is your life and you got to play by your rules. Obviously keeping, you know, certain codes in and stuff, but you got to play by your rules, you know, Think of it as a video game or a movie. Are you living your own movie? Are you playing your own game? Or are you playing someone else's game? Are you living in someone else's movie? And instead of you being the main character, you're just another person in their movie. And that's the thing. I've heard a lot of people say this. People saying that a lot of people, they aren't the main character in their own life. And I find that true, to be honest. You know, a lot of people, they'll do stuff because they want the approval of others. They want validation of others. And look, at the end of the day, people, they're too worried about themselves 
to worry about what you're doing in that sense. And if they're not, if they're paying that much attention to you because of things that don't really matter, you know, they're paying attention to things that don't really matter about you. Then you got to realize, why are you considering their opinions in the first place? You know, people like that with so much time on their hands that they got to focus on you and the irrelevant life things you're doing. You got to ask yourself, why is their opinion valid? You know, understand, you know, sometimes you want to seek approval from someone that you see as like above you or someone you look up to. You know, what? I that's fair. You know, a lot of people do that. And there's good intention behind it. But to try and please people that are at your level or below, I really don't see, I don't see why. Okay. And, you know, a good example is this podcast. I started this podcast because I wanted to do it. You know, we were in lockdown the first time. I was bored. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. I had time on my hands. I finally figured out how to do it. So I just said, you know what? Let's do it. I didn't have, I didn't do it because I was seeking approval from others. I didn't do it because I was trying to seek validation from others. I wanted to do it. You know, the views are great. The views do give me a little, you know, boost in mood and ego and stuff like that. But even if I wasn't getting these views that I'm getting this quick, I'd still, I'd still do it. You know, if I had two, three people listening to this podcast, I'd still do it, you know? But thankfully, I do get a bit more views than just two, three people. So it's great. But at the end of the day, I do it because this gives me internal happiness. This is something that really is a fun part of my day. I enjoy doing it. And no one else has outside influence. You know, someone can tell me, hey, stop doing the podcast. And I will not care about their opinion because I like doing it. And this is helping people. I'm not harming anyone either. So why would I stop? Okay. That's one thing to consider. But yeah, you know, I can ramble on this topic for so, so long. But one thing you got to take with you is why are you doing the thing that you're doing? And if it's for reasons other than yourself, think about why do you have to please the people that you're trying to please? What value do they bring to your life so much? You know? So just one thing to keep in mind. I can, again, I can ramble on this topic for a whole episode and I will eventually in the near future. But for now, for today's Q&A session, take what I said with you. Look at what you're doing. Why are you doing it? Is it for your own internal happiness and desire? Or is it for the approval of others? And one thing to take with you, the only approval you need is that of your own. Okay? So with that being said, we'll move on to question number two. So the second question is, what do you think about private equity? Now, just in case people don't know what private equity is, I do have the definition here. So private equity typically refers to investment funds generally organized as limited partnerships that buy and restructure companies that are not publicly traded. And, you know, these are all these usually come in the form of firms from very rich investors and stuff. 
Um, they have a super large entry requirement, like over here it says, some funds have a $250,000 minimum entry requirement, while others can require millions more. And my opinion on it, for the average person, you know, I don't think this is feasible at all, especially considering what goes into it, um, the amount of capital you need, the amount of knowledge you need, etc. I think the better route for the average person just trying to get into investments, just go with the publicly traded stuff that you can just, you know, buy a share of, hold it for a long time. Or if you're into options trading, just trade it as an option trade, you know, buy or sell for, you know, the morning or something. As far as something like this, obviously, it looks like it's time tested. It looks like it works. I don't have too much knowledge on it. So I don't want to say something that, you know, is wrong and me thinking it's right just based off speculation but just based off what i do know about it just off a of first glance obviously it looks like it's time tested and that it works but it's only reserved for a certain group of people and you know 99 percent of people it's not going to be really fit for them 99 percent of people they're better off you know looking at the most commonly traded public stocks you know Apple, Tesla, Amazon, that sort of stuff. And going with that, you know, it's a lot easier to get into. It's a lot easier to research. Um, you don't need as much capital. It's a lot better. So that's what I think on it. But if you're asking, do I think it works? You know, obviously, if, if it works, it works. If you know a lot about it, if you're putting your money in the right place, you're going to get a return on investment. But... Just like any other investment, there is a bit of risk involved, and I can see it also going down the drain. So that's what I think about it. Again, I don't know too much about it, but as far as the person reading this, or not reading this, as far as the person asking this question and listening to this podcast, you probably are doing your own research, assuming you asked me this question. But if you're not, I do recommend doing your own research on this topic if you are interested in the future or whatever it may be, maybe you just want to know more about it. And if you are doing more, if you already are doing research about it, then obviously keep it up and look into the stuff that I suggested as well, just as an idea. All right, so moving on to the third question, what is body recomposition? How long should you do it for and why? So... Body recomposition in the most simple terms, it's basically gaining muscle and losing fat at the same time, simultaneously. Now, I've gone through recomp stages a lot, sometimes without even realizing it, but my two most prominent recomp stages, it came from summer 2017 up until winter 2018, so that um, I'd say it was about a five month period or so or no about a six month period and that for about six months and then my second recomposition phase that I can think of you know at least a drastic one would be from winter 2019 up until summer 2019 which is again about six months so to answer your question about how long should you do it for it should be as long as you're satisfied with the results for me it took six months twice for other people they might recomp for two three months other people they might recomp for a whole year it's all depending on how far you want to take it but 
generally speaking, you know, I know this is a very broad range, but a few months up to a year, that's pretty much the ballpark of where most people stand. And as for why someone would do it, you know, for me, the reason I did it was, you know, I've pretty good genetics for weight management. I can lose weight very, very easily. I can also put on weight if I try hard enough. You know, I don't put weight on as easily as other people. You know, I know I have friends that are literally like muscle monsters. They can put on muscle so, so easily. They can gain weight, you know, a breeze, you know, they'll go from like looking like they're in shape to absolute beasts very, very quickly. I don't fall in that ballpark, but I do make pretty steady, good gains over a period of time. And for me, you know, I'm the reason why someone would do it, they don't really want to go through a, a real bulking phase. They or they don't really want to go through a real cutting phase. They'd rather just maintain the body weight they have because when it comes to recompositioning, the body weight you're losing from the fat, you are replacing it with muscle. So you're going to find that at the end of the recomposition phase that you're doing, you're going to be more or less the same body weight. You know, you might be a little more, you might be a little less, but typically you're going to be within a few pounds of that body weight. But when you look in the mirror, you're going to see someone who's more shredded and bigger at the same time. Now, I know a lot of people are going to get excited hearing that, but let me tell you, nutrition-wise, it is harder than a traditional bulk or a cut because you are kind of focusing on two goals at the same time, and you are going to have to play your cards right as far as calorie intake and just the way you go about your nutrition plan. But it is doable, and obviously, the better genetics you have, the easier it's going to be. For me personally, literally just eating at maintenance pretty much does it for me and when I say maintenance you know I don't even I don't even track my calories when I did it I literally just went by appetite and I recomped just fine you know I gained strength you know for the most part I maintained my strength and even gained a bit in some other areas but I got a lot leaner so that's the thing about it and it is a longer process than a traditional bulk or cut in most cases you know, I did give that three to 12 month range. But, uh, you know, unless you have really, really good genetics, or you're not trying to go through like, a body change for that long, it's probably going to be on the higher end, you know, at least half a year. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what that's what recompositioning is. That's how long you should do it for and why you should do it for again. You know, you have really good genetics, and you kind of just, you're able to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time very very easily or you don't want to go through a traditional bulk and cut you just want to recomp but again it is harder it may take a little longer but let me tell you it really is worth it so with that being said next question so question number four top resources slash books for motivation slash inspiration to be the best they can be as far as resources go um my favorite YouTube channel for self-development is the YouTube channel called Self-Developed. Uh, definitely check him out. His name is David Hammond. I believe that's his full name. Really great channel. Uh, talks a lot about self-improvement. Um, I know there's a, other ones that are like animated. You know, The Improvement Pill, Far From Average. Those are also really, really good. 
But yeah, as far as YouTube channel goes, those are the ones I stick to. As far as books, now Rich Dad Poor Dad, that was like the first well, it was an audiobook. I didn't even actually read it. It was just an audiobook because I had it sitting in my iCloud <laughs> from when my dad bought it. But Rich Dad Poor Dad, that definitely shifted my entire mindset. Another really good book is The Power of Habit. That's really, really good. You know, just knowing why habits form and how to cut them out, how to add new habits. It's so, so powerful. Other really good ones that I haven't read, but I am planning to. The Power of Now, I heard that's really good. The Four Amendments, that's also really good. The Way of the Superior Man, I've also heard really good things about that. Really good ratings. What else? Think and Grow Rich, I did start a bit of it, but didn't end up finishing it and moving on. But what I have read of it, really, really good. Definitely recommend it, and a lot of people recommend it as well. And, um, oh man, I know there's a lot. The Alchemist is also really, really good. This is something I've read and I know a lot of people are into as well. But yeah, those are just some at the top of my head. I know there's a lot, lot more resources. You know, if you just look at books similar to the ones I just named and just kind of keep going on this train of like, you know, similar and related books, then you're going to be on a good path. But those are really good starters you know, um, the person that asked this question, I know that they're on, they're really on the right track and they're really doing well for themselves. So I wouldn't even be surprised if they already read these books. But, you know, for the person asking this question, this is what I have just at the top of my head and what I know of. And for other people listening that want to also get into the self-improvement game, uh, this is definitely a place to start. So yeah, moving on, the fifth and last question, which is your favorite way of acquiring clients. Now, I'm not sure if you're asking about fitness or marketing, so I'm just going to answer both. As far as fitness goes, my favorite way of acquiring clients is Instagram. It's really the only way I've been acquiring clients, you know, Instagram, and I guess word of mouth too. Word of mouth is also a really, really good way of acquiring clients. You know, just get really good results for one person. Be a good trainer for one person and they'll tell their friends about it. They'll tell their family about it and then you'll have people coming to you. That's what happened to me. I got really good results for someone. Their friend will come be like, hey, so, so-and-so told me about you. I'd like a program. I'd like some coaching. Word of mouth is super powerful. It's literally like the stone age form of advertising you know word of mouth has been around since the beginning of time and it's never gonna die out so word of mouth i guess you can say it's one of my favorite ways of acquiring clients because it does happen to me but as far as you know my main way of acquiring clients on for fitness and my favorite way definitely instagram you know just being able to help people as well as free advertising at the same time you know instagram you know, just posting on your story, posting on your feed, that's absolutely free. If you don't want to put money into Instagram ads, it's completely optional. But, you know, just having a personal brand with loyal followers that pay attention to what you say, definitely my favorite way of acquiring clients. And, you know, it's worked for me, it still works for me. So yeah, for fitness, definitely Instagram. And I'm not even talking about like Instagram outreach, I'm talking just people coming to you type of thing. 
So you don't, so all the work you really have to do is just posting value and building rapport with people indirectly. And then once they reply to your story, you build that rapport with them directly and you know, you see where you take it from there. As far as marketing goes, um, Upwork has been fantastic for me. Uh, it's literally just a freelance website. People will post jobs that they need on the freelance website and then you can apply to them. You know, the, the good thing about Upwork is, you know, people have their opinions. People say, oh, oh, it's low ticket, blah, blah, blah. You can make it high ticket if you know what you're doing, if you look for the right jobs. And the good thing about Upwork is these people, they already need the service, you know. So when it comes to like cold outreach, you got to get the the decision maker through two hurdles. One is why they need the service. And two is why they need you to deliver the service. When it comes to Upwork, they're already over that first hurdle. They know they need the service that you're offering, whether it's Facebook ads, email marketing, social media management, web design, whatever it is. They know they need the service because they're the ones that took the time to make an account on a freelance website and post a job saying, hey, I need someone for this task. All you need to do is just convince them that you're the person fit for the job. Now, the downside is you're going to be competing against a lot of people. So you really need to have a good track record, a good personality and a good way of getting their attention. But for sure, Upwork is definitely my favorite way of getting clients as far as uh, um, marketing goes, you know, any agency type business, Upwork and just freelance websites in general. I love them. But alternatively, I've always liked cold messaging, you know, just off of Instagram, Facebook, that's been really, really good. Not really a fan of cold calling. Um, I did it once, horrible experience. <laughs> well, actually, no, I did it twice. But the first one wasn't really a real go. I only called up like a few places and I was like, all right, I'm done for the day. The second session actually burned through. I think it was like over 50 places I just called and it was just horrible. You know, people either hang up in your face or people will just say, oh, they're not in right now, but can you leave a message, blah, blah. And I'm telling you the person that's on the phone leaving a message, they don't care, okay? They don't care. So yeah, as far as fitness goes, just to recap, Instagram, word of mouth. As far as uh, marketing goes, Upwork and other freelance websites, but mainly Upwork and cold messaging. So this can be in the form of, you know, messaging on Instagram, Facebook, or cold emails as well. Now, that's also a really good way. Just scraping emails and hitting them up. So yeah, that's all I have for today's questions. I'd say it's a decently lengthy podcast, you know, we're running at 22 minutes, about 23 minutes. But yeah, I enjoyed answering these questions. I will definitely do a Q&A session in the future. But I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of this. Thank you to the people submitting the questions. I really appreciate it. You guys are the reason this episode even happened. So thank you. And yeah, with that being said, hope you guys got a lot of value. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Take care. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you did, go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen. And I'll catch you guys next Monday.